0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. This week, Pastor Greg Seamus continues his series on God's economy. We pray that what is shared in this message leaves an impact on your life. God bless. All right. Well, I want to continue talking about God's economy. And um, I have... I, I could be talking about this for a while, but the Lord continues to um, grow me in this whole area. I don't think we're ever gonna—I don't think we're ever gonna get the full revelation. But um, at some point, we have to break out of an orphan spirit. We have to somehow break out of an orphan mindset. We have to break out of this idea that God is stingy. Or we have to, like, a, like a, the, the father that he is, the perfect good father, is somehow holding back and doesn't want to give to his kids. We also have to break out of, um, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say a monk mentality. I, I, anyway, uh, something that's been passed on through the years that uh, equates poverty with being spiritual. And um, I was, I was uh, kind of, I don't, I don't know where I picked that up, but I, I was raised, um, I wasn't raised with that. I shouldn't say raised with it because I wasn't raised in the church, so to speak. Um, but I, I, I did hear a lot of stories that, that caused me to believe or teaching that caused me to believe that the more, the more, um, the more you live in poverty, the more spiritual you are. And that um, having a level of abundance is almost shameful in the church and so they equated they it's almost like they're equating not the love of money is the root of all evil they almost equating money is the root of all evil and somehow we have to we have to break free from that one of the poorest things to really one of the poorest things to do is in order to to feed the poor is to be poor. And I think that um, there's something to say about, about God's economy being responsible for the things that the Lord gives us as stewards and to steward that well without falling into the temptation that it's about my kingdom and not his. I think one of the greatest barriers that we struggle with is not so much God's kingdom, it's, it's my kingdom. And for some reason we've separated, in some cases we've separated, um, you know, God's kingdom with in terms of uh, finances and we've almost made a separation between a good heavenly father and the resources that he's given us and we haven't connected the two that he wants to bless us. Though I'm not a prosperity preacher whatsoever, you get, again I—I—I I, I, I was going to use the word hate. I guess I'll use the word hate. I, I hate manipulation. I, I hate—I—I I can smell it a mile away, and I pray for the people that are actually moving in that, um, because I don't want to—I don't want to condemn. I don't want to fall into that kind of spirit. But, but as a as a minister. Uh, as a pastor over a congregation, I don't like when ministers from the pulpit try and fleece the sheep. All right, that makes sense? So, I don't know if you've ever seen that or you've ever heard that or you've ever, right? And sometimes it's hard to discern. Um, and sometimes it's very easy to discern. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to move us. We can't manipulate God's principles for self gain. Are we okay with that? Yeah. And so, so that's kind of where my heart is. And I think, um, and I think that we we always tend to move with a, because of we've seen so much and heard so much. Um, we tend to move. We tend to be a little bit more skeptical. We like there might be people visiting us today that are saying, "Is this guy for real?" It's almost as if there there might be a hidden agenda somewhere. And I just want to assure you there is zero hidden agenda in, in my heart. My heart is for God's people to be the head and not the tail. My heart is for us to finance the government of God. My heart is to take care of the poor, to take care of the widow, to take care of... You know things that are broken in our culture, to actually bring the kingdom of God in uh, in the purely practical sense. Bring the kingdom of God into our into our region and into our city, believing God for revival and actually financing it. You guys, all right? It's kind of you know what's so interesting to me is that is that we we. We tend. Let me just say this. I'll say this first because I I just really want to get this out of the way. Praise God for every single person in this room who's financing the government of God. In fact, you guys can give yourselves a hand. I mean, really, honestly, we don't give enough. Like I said, I've been I've been tithing for thirty five years, and I and I can't imagine not tithing. I mean, I that has got to be for me the dumbest thing in the world is not to tithe. The dumbest thing in the world is to be given, I shouldn't say that, the dumbest thing in the world for me, okay, I don't want to, is to trust God with my eternity and, and somehow hold on to the, these resources as if they're mine and not forward it, at least just 10% forward it to the kingdom and get in the flow of God's blessing. In every way. So to me, if someone says to me, I was telling, I don't know who I was telling this week or last week. You know how sometimes people are like, man, it's almost as if they're good intentioned believers. Say amen. Amen. Come on. They love Jesus. Say amen. 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 All right. So there's almost like, um, there's some people I've talked to, it's, It was kind of like, I got away with something because I don't have to tithe. And I'm just like, you are dumb. Because you could be sowing into the kingdom of God and gaining spiritual authority in the process. And you could actually have an open heaven over you, over your family, over your children, and over your grandchildren. That you could be creating a legacy, not just in the terms of, Uh, the resources God gives you, but you actually gain ground in the spirit over the true riches, which is signs and wonders and miracles, things that money cannot buy, but they're gifts from heaven. What's amazing to me is how the Lord could have chose anything. Think about this. In Matthew chapter 6, which I want to dive into that, well diving is not a i want to look into that <laughs> i want to i want to i want to look into that a little bit but it's amazing how the lord has chosen stewardship and finances as the measure for us moving in kingdom authority in the true riches isn't that something i mean he could have chose faithfulness he could have chose he could have chosen, he could have talked about your intimacy with God. He could have talked about, he could have talked a number, he could have used anything, but he uses stewardship. So there's something about how I steward the resources of God that's important to Jesus. There's something about how I steward the resources of God that he says that I qualify for the true riches. Isn't that something? I know I said that a couple of times, huh? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It's really something. <clears throat> so let's wow, I'm at the very beginning. I love you know, I'm I'm all about the digital scene right now. Isn't that great? You guys praise God for digitalness? Digitalness. About a year ago. Um, we had our friend Jim Baker here, Amen. and um, I'd love to have him come out again. But he had this, he had, the, I think, the best definition of prosperity I've read to date. And I want to read it to you, because it really puts things in perspective. Because even with the word prosperity, because we have a because most of the people in the body are still not into the revelation of their true sonship. As sons and daughters, they have an orphaned heart. So prosperity, in the, in the, and because of the excesses that we've seen, we look at prosperity as something that's not kingdom. We look at prosperity as something um, we feel, um, it's something selfish. Like we almost, It's almost hard for most people to say, I want to prosper. I want God to prosper me. It's almost like a selfish prayer request. And I want to let you know this morning it's not. It's not a selfish prayer request. Four people. It's not a selfish prayer request. All right. So let's define prosperity because that's important, right? Like if if we're going to talk about prosperity, I could throw that out across this room right now and I'll get, you know, I'll get 30 definitions of prosperity. So let's just kind of anchor in on, on one and then, and then see if this resonates with you. Prosperity is you have no financial debt. Can we say amen to that? You have no financial debt and you have more than enough money to fulfill every divine assignment God has for you. And enough left over to help others fulfill theirs. Want me to say it again? You have no financial debt and you have more than enough money to fulfill every divine assignment God has for you and enough left over to help others fulfill theirs. I love that definition, because the definition is not uh, it's not like the Dead Sea that has no, has no point of access. It's a river. It, it flows. It's, it's giving. It's blessing people. It's, it's God's resourcing us to resource people. God's resourcing us to resource people. Turn to your neighbor and say amen. (laughs) Just making sure that you guys are hanging in there with me. So, so based on that definition, I believe the Father wants us to prosper. Unto what? What does He want us to prosper unto? To bless others, to serve the broken, to reach the unfortunate, our neighbors those who are being trafficked. You know, it costs money to pull people out of trafficking and to help others fulfill their calling. So it's not selfish to pursue prosperity if our heart's desire is to give to to God and to give to others. On the contrary, it is selfish not to pursue kingdom prosperity because we cease to be a blessing to others. So, let's just, let's just focus on that definition and just speak into this. Um, I was going to say more on a negative term, but I, anyway, I'll just say it the way I've, I feel like it's coming out. So, if, in my understanding of prosperity, if I'm choosing not to be prosperous, then I'm saying no to blessing other people because we don't understand prosperity, If we come out of our orphan mentality that focuses on lack regarding our finances and into a sonship mentality that places faith in our God and our perfect heavenly father. An orphan heart wants to hold on to everything because they don't have a father who will provide it for them. An orphan heart wants to hang on to everything because they don't know when their next meal is they don't know they don't know they they're uncertain about their future so they hang on but a son whose father is was, well Jesus is the king but I'll say this in the context of the godhead whose whose god is whose king is god has unlimited resources So why am I why are people so afraid? Why is there why is there why is there a struggle? And I love it in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus is you know he starts his first his first sermon, sermon on the mount, and he just he goes right after it. He talks about money. He talks about prosperity, he talks about these kinds of things which again, I promise we'll dive into that. Say, if we think money ends only with us to heap it upon ourselves, that's when it becomes wrong. We have to have a vision beyond ourselves with our finances and our resources. Could someone say? So let's jump into Matthew chapter 6. I only have a few minutes this morning. Verse 19. Get your digital phones out if you'd like. Or digital phones. All phones are digital. (laughs) Get your digital Bibles out on your phones. How's that? Are you guys ready? Do not store up, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths, and the NIV says vermin. I had to actually look that up this morning. And all you people who underst- you got your better vocabulary understanding, was, you got it. But vermin is kind of like animals that destroy crops. You know, the rats and, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, it could be locusts. Yeah, good job. Where, don't, don't start naming all the animals, All right. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm back in the garden and Noah is, I mean, not Noah, Adam is naming all the animals. All right. Noah wasn't around then. All right. Where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. where moths and vermin, that's a word, so weird, do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. What is sowed to heaven cannot be stolen. What is sowed into heaven compounds. What's Jesus saying? If we've only focused on what is in front of us, things on earth, let's just call that, it's open for theft, it's open for thievery, it's open for all kinds of things, right? The very thing that God has given us becomes open to things that are just out of our control. But if we sow to heaven, it, it's bulletproof in the context of it can never be stolen. What does that mean? That means that there's always a return when we sow to heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart always follows what it treasures. Always, 100%. That's a new word I picked up last month, 100%. So when it says love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, how do you love the Lord with all your heart? When it's, when the, the treasurer of your heart is Jesus. Like the supreme Treasure of the heart because the heart follows what it has affection for. That makes sense? So it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My affections are directly connected to the direction of my heart. That's why Jesus says you can't serve two masters. He said you're going to love God or you're going to love money, but you can't love both at the same level. Now that's that's in red but it's coming from a good father. See, if we have an orphan mentality, we have trouble with that. If we have a heart of a son and daughter, we gladly receive it because he's the supplier. Not the company we work for. It's a hard one for some, but he's the one. He's our source. So, if you lose your job, he's still your source. (laughs) All right, are you guys all right? Verse 22. Look at this for a moment. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And then it seems like Jesus went on a, he just kind of went on a, he just, he had this separate thought and he went over here and he talked about light and he talked about eyes and unhealthy and all this. And then he switches back and he goes into verse 24. No one can serve two masters. But it's all connected. Jesus didn't go, you know, he didn't have a a moment. He's actually, if you set it in his context, He's actually talking about the resources God has given us, finances in, in this context, in terms of the eye being a lamp to the body. Now, the Passion Translation does, a, I think, a really good job in translating it. I don't have time, but I know a lot of you are reading it and probably going, oh, yeah, I see it right there. But in the, in the NIV, there's, this, uh, there's a little number next to this word healthy. And in the footnote, it says that the word for healthy can imply generosity or being generous. The eye is the lamp of the body, and your eyes are generous. If your eyes are generous, your whole body is full of light. Generosity brings light. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate one. Isn't that so strong? Like Jesus, lighten up. <laughs> I mean, really, lighten up. Anyway, no one can serve two masters. You just got to see the source of this, of where Jesus is coming from. It's coming out of, there's no one who could love like he can. This is all coming out of a heart of L-O-V-E. And love is seeking our highest good, always, 100% of the time. There's never a time when the Lord is not seeking your highest good. Never. 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 I'm going to keep saying it until I get something. No one can serve two masters. No one in the Greek means no one. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here's what I see. I see two streams. Either I'm in one stream or another. So I want to be, be in the stream of God's provision and i want the blessings of god to flow to me i create that through generosity when i give to the lord then it's almost like i liked how stephen de silva did it so remember he's talking about the, the he's talking about the river flowing from the throne of god he used ezekiel 47 but when i'm when i'm resourcing at 100% it's like the stream's coming here, and everything is flowing away from me. But when I, re- when I give God his 10%, it's like as if I turn around, and now everything's flowing to me. I see it. The provision of God comes. Verse 25, therefore, so when you see a therefore, you want to see what it's there for, right? So based on what he just said, that's what what that word means. Based on what he just said, therefore, with that context in mind, that thought, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What? (laughs) About uh, what you will eat or drink or about your body and what you will wear. I mean, those are the things that cultures are built on. I mean, those are things that civilizations are built on. Is not life more than food for some? Anyway, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Good question. Look at the birds. Now, I I picture him outside. He's on the mount, and he says, like, look at the birds of the air. There could have been a longer pause. There could have been three or four minute pause and people were looking around. Okay, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly, what does it say? Your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more, val- you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And the answer there would be, so verse 28, so why do you worry? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, Which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O you of, ooh, ouchie. That's Greek for ouch. Verse 31. So do not worry. Everyone say, do not worry. (laughs) Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans or unbelievers run after these things, and your heavenly Father—there it is again—knows that you need them. Your heavenly Father knows. Say, my heavenly Father knows. Just get it out. Just that you need them. Verse thirty-three. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's something about me sowing into the kingdom that actually sets the standard for the authority that I walk in. In other words, stewardship is so important to the Lord that the level of my stewardship, not to earn anything, not to gain anything, not to... You understand my heart here. It's not you can't buy the anointing. So when somebody says, you know, give me $500, and you, you can't buy the anointing. But you actually set the standard in your life by what you give. Which I would love to talk to you about more next week. So the measure of my faithfulness compounds as I give into the kingdom as I pursue the kingdom of God first. I pursue the kingdom of God first in everything that I do. So to me, I have this privilege of sowing into the very kingdom that my heavenly father rules who's a good father and who's constantly seeking my highest good at 100% of the time. 100% again, there I go again. So what's the measure? The measure is he's not withholding. The measure is when I give, I release something. That's the measure. And it's almost like, Lord, wake up your people to understand where the resources come from. Let them steward the finances and the resources you've given them so we can get on with what we call revival. And I've seen it all. Well, I haven't. (laughs) I've seen a lot. I'll say that. Some of the people that are both the, they're, they're the most reserved, they're the most quietest. They're the, they love God with all their heart. They're not so much, you know, demonstrative, but they are sowing faithfully in the kingdom. And I've seen people who are shaking, rattling, and rolling under the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and they'll never give a dime. They'll never resource the kingdom, but they want the benefits. We trick ourselves. You guys say, I love you, PG. And I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll tell you, I, I really don't know who gives and who doesn't. The only way I know is if they're going to be a board member. I got to know if they're tithing. If they're going to be representing us at the highest level of eldership in the, in the body of Christ, they better be sowing into the kingdom. That's a measure. But it's it's, the zealousness of my heart is to actually get God's people to actually step into the fullness and walking into the prosperity that God has predestined for you and for me. Then I think, and I believe it opens us up to the true riches. Because that's what I'm zealous for. I do have, I have $20 in my pocket. It won't last long. I, I just think it's amazing. I'm not going to take an offering. So rest assured, I don't do that kind of stuff. But honestly, how I handle this, I just think this, I mean, this is, how I handle this has everything to do With the, with the gifts that God has for me. Isn't that a crazy thought? Well, there's part of me that said, no way. I, I try to beat the system. God knows where I live. God knows, God knows, God knows. And here's what happened to me. I limited my potential in the kingdom. That's a crazy thought. But it's a kingdom thought. It's actually not even a kingdom thought. It's a kingdom law. So I was thinking about this this morning or this week. And I said, I I just kind of came up with this thought. Okay. I'm going to use a real strong word. Say, P.G., I love you well, we love you, you know, whatever. So, Lord, if I hoard this, well, then I hoard the anointing. We can never imagine not giving the anointing away. But how I handle this is the measure he sees On how I'll handle His anointing, which far exceeds this. So you're telling me how I handle this will be how I handle the gifts of the Spirit. Same thing. See, and I've I've tried for years to convince God that it doesn't matter. And I've had people try and convince me it doesn't matter. But I didn't say it. He said it. He said it. So how I handle this and the resources he's given me has everything to do with how I'll handle the measures of his anointing. And there's nothing more valuable than the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God in our lives. Just a thought. I want you just to what if, just what if, what if 80% of Believers, and I'm using the word tithe, tithed. Not only would ministry be so strong in a city, not only would the resources be available to bless others, I mean, honestly, the rule of 2080 applies, probably, some it varies, where 20% carry 80%. But just dream just with me for a moment. God's economy. His economy. I know I've said this before, and I said it the last couple of weeks, I'll say it again. Who's going to finance God's government? state of California is not. And the federal government isn't. It's God's sons and daughters who are going to. Now, I believe in the unrighteous mammon. I understand, like, you know, the great transfer of wealth, and I'm believing for all that kind of stuff to happen. I, uh, I read this, too, coming out. I'll, I'll probably just close with this because... Manna falling from the sky in the Old Testament came in the wilderness. God blessing the work of his people's hands came in the promised land. You see, God wants to get us out of the wilderness and into the promised land. Though we love to see the signs and wonders, the man of falling came from a place of lack, But there's a promised land he wants us to step into where there's constant provision, and he blesses your labor, and he wants to prosper you. He wants the world to know that he's an abundant and good father. And I can say that works for the underground church in China, I could say that works for those that are suffering in Iran or Iraq. I believe that as the God's people are generous, I don't know, there's a measure of revival that comes. I don't know how it's all connected, but I I just know what I read. So can we just make a declaration this afternoon? God wants me to be prosperous. Just say it. God wants you to be prosperous. And Father, we just break off old, unbiblical ways of thinking. We break off this orphan mentality, this orphan heart. We break off this view that you're not, for some reason, you're stingy or you're You're withholding, or you're, but Lord, that you're abundant and that you're good. Lord, we trust the teachings that we find in the Word of God, that you're for us and not against us. We pray, Lord God, that the anointing of the Lord Jesus would fall on the resources you've given us to steward. But Lord, I pray for a measure of an anointing in the level of true riches that actually shakes cities, shakes the Silicon Valley and brings revival. Lord, help us to be faithful with the things that you've given us. For us, it's the U.S. dollar. For others, it's the euro. Wherever it is, whatever the resources are, Lord, we freely give it back to you. And we say thank you. We say thank you. Let's all stand you would just kindly just close your I know the last several weeks I've been really on the private part but I like just closing your eyes and bowing your head and just really giving people the moment for a moment you're struggling with, I don't know how else to say it, like you're just, you know, the, you know it's true, but you're struggling with, it's almost like, can I trust God fully, really? Like, really, can I trust him? Can I really trust him? And you're just saying, PG, that's me. I, I'm slipping my hand up and I'm just being really honest I need to trust God. I I really, I know it's right. I just need to take a step. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and I just want to pray for you? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray that you would break in in this, 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 this moment. and I pray for, just for an encounter with a good father who wants to prosper. God, I pray that you would alleviate these, this fear in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would put your arms around them And sometimes, Lord, we just do the right thing because it's the right thing. We just do the right thing because it's the right thing. But you always back up your word. And so, God, I pray that you would bring freedom into their heart, as they step out in this thing called faith and trust. And let giving be a place of greater intimacy, not panic, intimacy with you. And we thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you again for listening. We pray that what was shared in this message moves your heart. And remember, our giving actually opens the resources of heaven over our lives. Next week, we'll continue this amazing series. See you then. God bless.